0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 126 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Isaiah 53 today, and our focus is on a really, really big question. Why did Jesus die a violent death? So you're gonna have to put on your thinking caps today because, on the one hand, you're we're gonna discuss a big heavy theological truth. But on the other hand, it's literally the most important thing in history, so it's going to be good and encouraging to discuss this big, heavy theological truth. Before we do that, I do want to thank you for listening, and I want to point you to our website, Bible2021.com. If you want to share the show with friends, a good place to start is sharing the website with them, because there's a bunch of places where they can subscribe to the show there, or you can just search for bible twenty twenty one. ...with Chase Thompson on Apple Podcast. Now, Isaiah 53 is one of the most important chapters of the Bible. Written around 700 years, yes, that's a long time, before the crucifixion of Jesus, it features and depicts a future servant of God who would suffer greatly... This servant would not be particularly handsome to look at. He would not be majestic or regal in his bearing, and many people would despise him. He would be rejected by lots of people, and he would know great sorrow in his life. He would also suffer great punishment that was quite undeserved, and he would do so in a very quiet, uncomplaining way, like a lamb being shaved. Most important, his suffering and his punishment would pay the price for the sins of others. We read this in Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 6, which says, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him as stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion Crushed because of our iniquities, punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. So an amazing thing about this suffering servant, his suffering, the punishment that was put on him would bring healing for those who sinned. Perhaps most astonishing of all, it is God himself who will crush this suffering servant. We read about it in verse 10. The Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. So the suffering servant in Isaiah 53 is compared to a sacrificial lamb. In the same way that the blood of the lamb in the Old Testament took away the sins as a substitute, even though the lamb itself did nothing wrong, this suffering servant will receive the punishment that should be due to the rebellious people of God. He, like a lamb, will bear their sin and pay the price for it himself. This passage is the very core of the good news of the Bible, and as we see in the New Testament, that suffering servant prophesied by Isaiah is Jesus himself, the Messiah, who took our place on the cross and paid the price for our sins as a substitute. Paul speaks of this in various places, like 2 Corinthians 5.21, which said, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Or Romans 4.25, where Paul says, He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Also, Colossians 2.14, He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us, and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that this belief in the substitutionary death of Jesus is of first importance in our Christian faith. Verse 3 says, "...for I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures." As well, other places in the Bible, like Hebrews 9.28, refers to this dynamic, which says, So also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So friends, this is a central truth of the Bible, that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. The technical and theological name for this is Penal Substitutionary Atonement. Now, don't tune out yet. I know that's a mouthful, Penal Substitutionary Atonement, or PSA. But as the central truth of Christianity, this is kind of under a pretty strong attack right now from a lot of people who actually claim to be Christians. It might help us to understand what it means. So, Penal Substitutionary Atonement. Penal means relating to the punishment of somebody who has committed an offense. So, a penal code, for instance, is a list of punishments for various transgressions and violations. The word substitutionary simply refers to the act of one person or one thing taking the place of another thing. Think of a substitute teacher or a substitute side item on your Happy Meal. Atonement is probably the most important word in penal substitutionary atonement. And one that is not used very much in modern society, not as much as it used to be. Atonement means the reparation or the making amends or paying a fine, if you will, for an offense or a violation or injury. If you litter, for instance, you might pay a fine of $50. If, I don't know, you shoot somebody in the foot, you might go to jail for 10 years. That is a type of atonement, paying the price for a violation. So the whole phrase, penal substitutionary atonement, refers to a substitute paying the penalty to atone or pay the price, the fine, for another person or group's violations. As the Bible says, all of humanity has sinned and therefore falls short of God's glory and the requirements of entering into heaven, which is sinless perfection. You might say, well, that's hardly fair to make this great place called heaven in to allow only sinlessly perfect people to get into it. But here's the thing. Heaven is an utterly perfect place and only utterly perfect beings who owe no penalty for their sins or violations can get in. And yet, God loves us. And he does want to spend eternity with his people. So through Jesus, a way was made for the sinful people to be reckoned as sinless. According to the penal code of heaven, a price had to be paid, and Jesus paid that price, and that's what penal substitutionary atonement means. Well, let's read our passage in Isaiah and see how Isaiah describes it. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground, He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we did not value him, yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted, But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. And like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked." But he was with a rich man at his death, because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and by his hand the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities." Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many. He bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Man, that's so good. That's so good. I could almost read it again. In fact, tonight during Bible time, my son drifted off for a little bit and asked If I would read it again, it was only four chapters. We read it twice tonight. What a great passage. Theologian Jarvis Williams helps us understand what it means and what penal substitutionary atonement is by saying, Jesus died a violent substitutionary death to be a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of Jews and Gentiles. By this death, Jesus took upon himself God's righteous judgment and wrath against the sins of those for whom he died. By dying as their penal substitute, Jesus paid the penalty for their sins, and he therefore both propitiated, or paid, God's wrath against their sins and expiated their sins, or got rid of, so that the sins of Jews and Gentiles would be forgiven and so that they would be justified by faith, forgiven of their sins, reconciled to God, reconciled to each other, participate in the future resurrection, and saved from God's wrath. So in modern times, various critics like, I don't know, Steve Chalky, Brian McLaren, and many others, have decried penal substitutionary atonement, calling it some kind of cosmic child abuse, which seems a bit silly to me, considering that even though Jesus is indeed the Son of God, he is the furthest thing from a child, having existed eternally, you know, for an infinite amount of years, and also suffering willingly on the cross, as our passage states. Well, how does all of this business work to our benefit? Where do we come in, in terms of penal substitutionary atonement? Well, Pastor and writer Sam Storms helps us to understand. He says, Penal substitution in which an innocent man is punished for the guilt of others. I'm going to read that again because that's about as simple a definition as there is. Penal substitution in which an innocent man is punished for the guilt of others is perfectly consistent with the principles of justice. But guilt, say the critics, cannot be transferred. Well, the biblical authors disagree. We must remember that penal substitution does not propose a transfer of guilt between unrelated persons. It asserts that guilt is transferred to Christ from those who are united to him. In other words, union with Christ explains how the innocent can be justly punished. He is judged for other sins, which, by virtue of their union with him, their sins become his Conversely, it explains also how the guilty can be justly acquitted. Believers are one with the innocent Lord Jesus, and so his life of perfect righteousness is rightly imputed to us. Well, that may sound a little bit complicated, but what it means is this. Because we are with Christ, for those of us who have wholeheartedly turned to follow him, In faith, identifying with him in our baptism, we are united with him. Therefore, our sin becomes his, his righteousness becomes ours. It's the ultimate awesome exchange. That's what penal substitutionary atonement is, and Peter explains it perfectly in 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but let made alive by the Spirit. And praise God, he suffered to bring us to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's close with the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18-20, our verse of the month for May. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen and amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.